guys, it's been a minute since I've chatted on here, but I hope today's episode reaches you safe and healthy. It's Matea, and I'm back today to chat about something really near and dear to my heart, and that is mental health. I'm sure things have been pretty stressful for you all. I know it's been quite stressful for myself as well as for many of my friends and family members. It's undoubtedly been so taxing on our mental and emotional health, and I'm sure some of us also have some physical health taking a toll as well. It's disrupted our normal routines, but I think for the most part, we're all feeling the mental and emotional tolls the most, so that is just what I wanted to chat about today. And if you've been around my story for a while now, you know that I love to talk about mental health since it's just a huge part of our lives. I've had my own personal struggles with mental health even from a young age. I don't know, I feel like it's cliche to say that I was bullied at a young age, but I mean, it's the truth, it happened, and I think that the fact that bullying is so common is just a large issue and it kind of seems like people don't really know how to address it properly. Although I will say that the best way to handle those situations is to believe each other when we reach out for help and share our narratives. It's one of the biggest issues, I think, in combating poor mental health, bullying, and even things like sexual misconduct and domestic abuse. It's that people straight up don't believe each other when speaking up and sharing their stories. And so, that's what I wanted to chat about today, but I'll dive into all of that in a little bit. So, I guess I'll just back up a bit and chat about my own experiences with mental health. So, I was adopted when I was four months old from South Korea and moved to a small town in Colorado nicknamed Vanilla Valley due to its lack of diversity. I never really grew up thinking that anything was different about me, you know, because at that age you just never know what's right and wrong, what's different and not different unless someone blatantly points it out. And so when I got to middle school, kids started to treat me a little differently and point out that my eyes were obviously shaped differently. I looked different. If I'm honest, I've never really been a huge fan of my eye shape, but it is what it is. And they allow me to see, which allows me to do creative work, which allows me to pay rent. And so that's pretty neat, I guess. But at that young age, I just remember walking down the hallway to go to the bathroom and this guy was working out in the hall. I know his name, but obviously not going to say it out loud to the world. <laughs> and he pulled the corners of his eyes back and chanted Ching Chong to me the entire way down the hallway. And I had no clue what to do. And things like that just kept going on and on. And so I would just hold it in and come home so upset and take my frustration out on my family. So naturally, they thought I just had anger management problems because I was not openly discussing what was going on. And I remember around that time, I also went to swim practice and this guy on my team, I also know his name, but obviously not going to disclose it, but we were waiting for swim practice to start. And I remember walking into the hallway where we stretch before practice and I dropped my bag off on deck and then walked over to join the rest of the kids in the group. And he said, hey, Maddie, when you're older, are you going to name your kids by throwing pots and pans down the stairs? And I was like, no, why? And he just said, because it goes ding dong, ching chong, ding dong. 
and I was just so mortified, so I laughed because I didn't know any better, and I think I might have even had a crush on him at the time, who knows, so I was just worried about offending him by standing up for myself when really, I should have made him feel mortified for saying something like that to someone in the first place. But eventually, you have enough of it, you know, and so I was already going to a therapist, but it got to the point where I was constantly in a bad mood. My family couldn't even recognize me anymore because I would just burst out in anger all the time, and eventually, everything spilled out and my parents took my word for what was my truth and they believed me. And they took action, going to the middle school principal, which resulted in bringing my bullies into meetings and wound them up in tears. My parents asked if I wanted to go to a different school, which would be just a private Christian school to ease the bullying, but I just wanted to stay put and deal with it, I guess. You know, I didn't want to start over at a new school, especially in middle school at that age. I don't know if you guys can remember how you feel at that age, but I just didn't want to start over. And so after that conversation um, with the principal, the bullies kind of started to stand up for me in a way. So people would make these little racist slurs and it seems like the bullies had kind of learned their lesson because they would shut down these new bullies and kind of stand up for me in the lockers. So yeah, I don't know. Just from that experience alone, I know that people aren't born racist or bullies. It's a learned habit that can be changed, which is why we kind of just have to learn to be patient with each other and correct offensive behavior like that. So, the rest of my middle school experience was a lot better, but then when I got to high school, it just sparked again, and on the first day of school, I was in speech class and we were doing a circle exercise, so I got to class early since, you know, first week of school, (laughs) and so I was sitting next to this guy, remember the name, not gonna tell you guys, And he turned to look at me, and I thought he was going to introduce himself, you know, first day, but instead, he said, what are you, a terrorist? Why don't you go back to your rice farm in China? (laughs) Ouch. First of all, I'm Korean, and so... Also, you would not believe the amount of people that don't know that Korea is an Asian country. Wouldn't believe how many people think those are different, completely different things, um... We really need to teach more geography, I think. But anyways, yeah, I didn't really know how to take that situation. So I remember going up to the teacher after the period and the class had cleared out. So I just kind of awkwardly brought it up to the teacher because I didn't know what else to do. And she ended up talking to him and he wrote an apology, which was nice. I never held it against him. In fact, we were in plenty of classes together, group projects, whatever, in the following years after that and we're like Facebook friends now I think but I mean that isn't to say it didn't sting and make me feel like completely and utterly terrible in that moment but obviously throughout high school I learned to deal with those kinds of encounters in a more graceful way and whatnot and it definitely built some thick skin which I think ultimately carried over into other aspects of my life for sure and unfortunately bullying is something we're always gonna have to deal with i was literally going out to bars with my boyfriend i think about a month or two ago and it happened twice in one night some guy was just coming up to me and asking assuming given my appearance that i knew all all about this anime stuff he was talking about and i don't know anything about anime 
and then we ended up at a casino and I was just explaining to this guy that I wasn't going to play blackjack because I'm not good at math. I never was good at math. And he said, but you're Asian. And I said, but I'm not good at math. And he said, but you're Asian. It doesn't make sense. And I kept saying, I'm just not good at math. He would not let it go until literally my boyfriend had to step in and be like, yep, she is an artsy Asian. She's great. Da, 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 da. Let's move on. And yeah, the <laughs> bullying and whatever never stops so it is what it is and then last weekend someone said we're not all Chinese like you we don't all know how to use chopsticks first of all I'm Korean again second of all I'm also not good at chopsticks so that's that (laughs) anyways back to the story fast forward to college I went through one of the toughest years of my life sophomore year. As you guys know, I signed to swim competitively for my school freshman year, and I took it super seriously since I was on scholarship. I had an athletic scholarship and then another scholarship that was for a female athlete in business. They only award one per year for the whole school. Very specific scholarship, I would say. (laughs) And yeah, the business aspect that landed me the scholarship was the fact that I had a blog and was starting to land more and more sponsorships. So freshman year, they said I wouldn't be able to blog due to NCAA compliance. So I froze my blog, never posted anything about where I went to school or that I was an athlete. I was branded under a completely different name. I spent every week at the compliance office and most meetings had me leaving in tears since I couldn't pursue that passion project anymore. I'm just one of those people that constantly needs some sort of creative endeavor just to stay sane, you know, as a creative outlet. But lo and behold, heading into sophomore year, it became apparent that I was going to have to make a decision. So I quit the team the day before tryouts so someone else could have my spot on the team lost a lot of money and then the stress of trying to make up for that set in but I lost way more than the financial aspect for sure. I lost the team camaraderie and a great workout routine that kept my mind and body healthy and I lost touch with a lot of friends and I had to basically start over that year. I was in a toxic relationship on top of it all, became pretty emotionally and mentally dependent on that person and I felt like a lot of people lost respect for me being a quitter and I could honestly hardly get out of bed most days and spent most of my time just lying in bed in a room without windows, basically a dark cave, (laughs) and I stopped working out and I only ate takeout. I didn't know how to take care of myself anymore, hung out with one friend, but I put on a facade that year that things were better than ever since quitting and I remember taking a razor blade to my wrist once because I was just so numb to everything and my roommate found out and then helped keep a close eye on me and my intention was never to, you know, do something super serious Um, but at that time I was just so numb to everything and yeah, it was pretty scary and the summer after that, I took an internship with my church, and it honestly came at the perfect time. I was no longer in that toxic relationship, and I found a lot of comfort in being back home with my family and just devoting my energy into something that's bigger than life itself and bigger than myself. So, fast forward to graduation. I graduated in May 2019, so almost a full year now, and I landed a solid gig working 
full-time remote marketing in the Chicago area, so I was able to work from home, as I'm sure many of you now are learning that it's really, really tough to do from just working from home, and my mental health kind of faltered when I quit that job and went full-time freelance in November, mainly because I caught a case of imposter syndrome, which is basically just feeling like you're not qualified to do something, and so in this case, I felt like I wasn't qualified to be self-employed yet right out of college, and I lost my sense of community that I had spent so long building in St. Louis, and it presented the same kind of heavy feeling that I had when I quit the swim team in college and lost that camaraderie, and there are days when I just don't have any in-person human contact and it's tough because I've learned that so much of our innate desire to belong is healed by the power of community and once that's stripped away, especially on a daily basis, it leaves this huge heavy feeling that can be so hard to get back unless we realize that's what that's what's missing. So, I took it upon myself to start seeing my childhood therapist again and when I realized I was spending more nights crying myself to sleep, then I was actually going to bed feeling content and okay with myself, started going to her on a more frequent basis, and for someone in my position, it's not a small investment to go to therapy, you know. I mean, each of my sessions are $150, but I pay for them because I know that it's helpful to talk to someone I trust and have trusted for the majority of my life. I know that it's important to take care of my mind and figure out where I can improve and adjust my focus areas just basically to get through the hard times. And as a side note, there are mental health tax write-offs, just so you guys know. That's a fun fact of the day. And yeah, but because of this, I also know that it's important to believe our peers when they reach out for help. And sometimes it may seem like our friends are being melodramatic, but ultimately what I hope you get out of this chat is that it's better to believe than wish you had. I have a really good friend that is going through a hard time and has been for a while now and they've been back home due to the pandemic and their mental health is just drained to the max and the worst part is that their other two friends and significant other have been AWOL during one of the toughest times yet and to make matters worse, their parents don't believe their stress and anxiety is real. One parent saying that things will get better and the other saying that there's people worse off in the world that are dying and they didn't want to share with their sibling either because they are younger and look up to my friend so they didn't want to scare their younger sibling either and so this person, you know, has been calling to me and telling me what's what's their story and how they feel and so I said you know your fears and your feelings are completely valid someone else's story and circumstance doesn't discount yours call me anytime I'll leave my ringer on at night and I'd rather you wake me up in the middle of the night than feel like you have to sit there alone right now and I think that's finally when they started to realize that their feelings are completely valid so I got a text from them later that night that said I just wanted to say I love you and I am so lucky that we so randomly came into each other's lives. I feel like you get me better than some people I've known my whole life. You're a real friend and those are so rare. Thank you for putting up with me. I know my ups and downs are a lot. Mental health is a huge struggle for me as you know so thanks for not giving up on me either. And I think right now more than ever we have to be as compassionate and as patient as possible with one another. We spend just 
so much time worrying about being understood that we forget to be understanding of one another and when we make our friends and family feel understood it opens this huge gateway to open conversation so we can finally start healthy conversations around how we're actually doing and this year is rolling out to be one of the more challenging years we've all faced in a long long time I think which means that many of the people we know and love are going to just be going through a really difficult time financially mentally and emotionally And so it's up to us to be holding each other accountable and telling the truth and how we're really truly actually doing and how we respond to those answers. So as always, I've pulled a quote for today and it is, life changes, you lose love, you lose friends, you lose pieces of yourself that you never imagined would be gone. And then without you even realizing it, the pieces come back. New love enters, better friends come along, And a stronger, wiser you is staring back at you in the mirror. No matter how bad it gets, better days are always waiting, hoping you'll make it there to accept the smiles and joy they're offering. I just hope we can believe each other when we share our deepest vulnerabilities in this season of change, especially given the circumstances lately. It is just so hard to really open up to people sometimes and tell them what we're actually thinking and feeling and to admit that we may need help or admit that we're not doing so great and so I hope that now more than ever we also just don't disappear on each other and show up for each other and that can look like so many different things. It's a call to check in, cooking a meal for someone in need, buying a gift card for a struggling business, offering a favor before it's prompted but especially just that good communication and opening the open conversation for true vulnerability and I hope we can also keep mindful tabs on each other's mental health right now. Something to keep in mind is just being cautious of the way it comes up in conversation. So if a friend or family member is acting strange, never ask like, are you on meds or something or why why are you acting like this or what the F is wrong with you, you know? Just it'll make them pull away even more so make sure that you're doing it in a respectful and patient manner and honestly one of the best ways you can show up for someone else and just be there for for them right now is to just listen and then believe them and yeah that's all I have for you guys today but thank you so much for listening I hope your families are doing okay and as always if you need anything or have questions or comments from today's episode always feel free to dm me I love to chat with you all much love and take care